Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes in which I play the game live. I dive in, I play, I try to tell you what I'm doing. I think most people know how they work by now, but if you're new to them, maybe go and check out the last couple of episodes because this is part of a campaign. It's Diana Stanley versus The Return to the Dunwich Legacy. And we're at the halfway point. We're going into, I think, my favourite scenario in Dunwich, Blood on the Altar. Scenario 5, Blood on the Altar. Agenda 1A, Strange Disappearances. Your welcome in Dunwich has been cold. A string of disappearances has left the already aloof townsfolk on edge. Most of them look at you with distrust, and few are willing to help in your investigation. Who knows what will happen if you don't find the location of the missing townsfolk soon. Six Doom. Act 1A. Searching for answers. The disappearances in town may be related to the events in Arkham. You suspect that something awful is afoot. You must find where the missing townsfolk are being held in order to unveil this conspiracy. Objective. When an investigator enters the hidden chamber, advance. And it's a null clue threshold. No clues to find, just find the hidden chamber. So Diana's obviously had a run-in before with something awful in her experience in the Silver Twilight Lodge. And again, she has that sinking feeling that something is going wrong here in Dunwich. Pretty scary. So there's a few changes from the return to set that I'll just note. I'm at a new starting location. It's Village Commons Silent Decay. It is hard to prevent the impression of a faint, malign odour about the village street as of the massed mould and decay of centuries. The locations I've ended up in play, you put five in play randomly. I have the Congregational Church to the west. I have Osborne's General Store to the east, but I'm not connected to Osborne's General Store. I am, however, connected to Bishop's Brook to the south and the Schoolhouse to the northeast. And those two both connect into Osborne's General Store. So picture a diamond shape with the village commons on the left-hand side and Osborne's general store on the right. That's my little loop to get to Osborne's general store. And then finally, I have House in the Reeds, which is up in the northwest, and that is connected to the congregational church and the schoolhouse. So again, picture another little diamond, or this time a parallelogram, with the congregational church bottom left and schoolhouse top right, and House in the Reeds and the village commons at either end. Hopefully that's easy enough to picture. Really, the schoolhouse is the, the part that sets us on both parts, or the village commons is. So I'm, I'm thinking as a strategy that maybe I go around one of these loops first and reveal those locations, and hopefully we'll have a bit more information. But the Obanian gang has a bone to pick with us, which means a couple of things. First of all, Naomi's crew were only shuffled into the encounter deck after I put five face-down encounter cards under the five locations other than Village Commons. So the chance of hitting criminals and mobsters is higher in the encounter deck. And second of all, we've had to spawn a hired gun at a location not connected to Village Commons. So that would be the Osborne's General Store or House in the Reeds. And I've opted for House in the Reeds pretty much at random. Let's take a look at the hired gun. Three fight, four health, one evade. 
Each criminal enemy, including hired gun, gains hunter, prey, most resources, which is surely going to be me, and each copy of hunted down gains peril and surge. They hit for a damage and a horror. This rather beefy-looking chap is holding a sawn-off shotgun, and the flavour, the Obanians send their regards. So when I draw my opening hand, we've got a choice. If I've got some damage cancellation and a weapon, I could go and head to tangle with the hired gun. So that would be going the House in the Reeds Congregational Church diamond. If I don't draw a weapon, I probably want to head to the Bishop's Brook Osborne's General Store diamond. But weapons aren't the only priority here. We've got to make sure we can get clues as well. So we've got to balance what we have in our hand between cancellation, damage output, and also clues. Which I suppose you could say is every investigator ever. What else am I forgetting? Oh, my luck recently has been atrocious. I've been playing solo and unable to do very much at all. So I'm hoping that recording live, my luck passes. But if things just go incredibly south... I'm going to blame the luck. Yeah, sometimes I just get into a run of bad luck. Let's take a look at opening hand. I've got a 45 automatic level 2, a flashlight, a defiance, an emergency cash, and a prepared for the worst. Well, well, well. Between cash, flashlight, and 45 automatic, that's a pretty incredible first turn. Do I chuck the defiance and the prepared for the worst and hunt for cancels? Let's do it. Defiance is a cancel itself. But it's a conditional cancel, so I think it's worth chucking. And prepared for the worst could find me a weapon, but the moment I have the 45 automatic, I think I'd rather have a cancel or an Alyssa Graham. I draw a ward of protection and I take the initiative. Strategically, I don't think this scenario is, is too complicated. It's a case of getting clues, flipping locations, ideally when you have actions to deal with them, and not burning out in clue tempo so that you can power through clues at the end. I might burn out in clue tempo. That's kind of how things work with this deck. So I've got to keep an eye on that slightly. But I've also found that sometimes I'm so slow at getting clues early on because I'm trying to save everything for my late clue burst that I actually never get there. So yeah, it's a it's a balancing act between push, push, push and run out of things to use and then be stuck at the end and not pushing enough, and yeah, getting sort of stuck. Okay, uh, the village commons. I've read the flavour, let's flip it over. Wow, it says, it's three shard and no clues. Each investigator at village commons cannot take draw actions or resource actions. I could still play an event that gets me resources, but I can't spend an action to draw. So, play my emergency cash to get me up to eight resources, and then we're going to spend six of those on an automatic and a flashlight, leaving me on two. In the enemy phase, the hired gun hunts. I say let's have them hunt to the schoolhouse because we can head up there and then we've got a choice of both diamonds to explore. An upkeep brings me a deny existence and I'm up to three resources. Our first doom, one of six. And my encounter card is Resurgent Evils. Peril. Revelation, you must either draw the top two cards of the encounter deck or place one doom on the current agenda. I do have a ward of protection in hand. Do I fancy my chances of two more cards, or do I just go for the straight cancel now, avoid hitting another Resurgent Evils in the peril or whatever else? Yeah, I think let's do it. I'll pay one, and I'll get that one back. I take a horror, so I'm at two of seven because I have one mental trauma and one physical trauma, and I also get a card. My willpower is now up to two. 
Thanks, Resurgent Evils. The card that's drawn me is a dodge, which is nice. I think I step into the hired gun and I shoot at it twice. I'd be five on three shooting, which seems reasonable. And then the hired gun is gone and I'm at a location potentially to start working on for clues. Could even use this take the initiative if I wanted to, to help hit at least once, maybe. Although, <laughs> just as I look, the other option is if I take a couple of shots, this guy doesn't have retaliate, and if I miss and I end up having to dodge in the enemy phase, then I dodge and that builds up my willpower again. Not too bad. Right, first action, let's head into the schoolhouse. With its crumbling rooftop and rat-infested walls, this is hardly even a house, let alone a schoolhouse. It's four shroud and one clue, and it says while you're in the schoolhouse, you cannot commit skill cards to skill tests. Well, there goes the take the initiative idea. The hired gun engages me, and second action, I take a shot. With my upgraded 45 automatic, I'm a five on three. Our bag is skulls, minus one for each location in play with no encounter card underneath it to a max of minus four. So at the moment, there's the village commons with no encounter card underneath it. So it's a minus one. Cultist, minus two. If you fail, add one clue from the token pool to your location. And tablet, we ended up with a tablet, minus two. If you're in the hidden chamber, reveal another token. So being two up, there's only two minus threes, a minus four, and the elder thing, uh, the auto fail. Plus one, two damage to the hired gun. Diana stands her ground, and she takes another shot. Tentacle. Well, hello. Not the end of the world. We had a contingency plan for this. Enemy phase. The hired gun hits Diana, and I spend one to dodge, which gets me one, draws me into a scene of the crime, and I go up to three willpower. Upkeep. I draw a premonition and go up to four resources, and we hit two doom of six. My encounter card is a hired gun. <laughs> Uh-oh. Right. Well, all right. Hired gun. I'm going to double up. I've only got two shots left on my gun, which isn't enough to do six damage. But I do have dark insight in my hand. Play when investigate at your location, draws an encounter card or a weakness, cancel all of that card's effects and shuffle it back into its deck. Let's do it. I spend two place it underneath me, get one back, and draw a second 45 automatic. And that card is gone. Phew. It's only taken four scenarios to learn how to do that, but at least I remembered. We didn't go into complete meltdown panic, and we've got another gun, which is nice. Strategy for this turn, hopefully kill the hired gun. And then if I use a flashlight charge, I'm a three on two investigating here, which is not great. I can't commit skill cards to skill tests here. I wonder if premonition is the way forwards, where I do a premonition after the shot, and if I can't get the clue here, I go somewhere else, to the house in the reeds, say, or the general store. I could spend two and play scene of the crime here and discover a single clue. It's also an option. I feel like if I can save that for a two clues per investigator location, that's probably better, or saving that for the hidden chamber. So yeah, so I'll just take a shot first action and try and get rid of the hired gun. Five on three. Tablet, which is a minus two, and I'm not in the hidden chamber. The hired gun retreats from the hail of fire from the 45 automatic. I'll drop down premonition in the player window after my first action. 
It's a minus one. Well, I think we go for it then. We, we second action investigate. I use the flashlight to drop the shroud to two, and I'm a three on two. I draw this minus one from the premonition and get the clue. I've got a single action left and only one bullet on my 45. My options are flip the card beneath and respond to it, move on, or simply take a resource because next turn I know I'm going to spend at least four getting out another automatic. Or is that true, though? I have, if I play another automatic, I have to discard a, car, a card from my hands because I have the automatic and the flashlight in play. Let's do it. I think we flip. I'm, I'm wondering about whether it's worth trying to clear a series of locations and then sprint round, flip, 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 flip. I also think it's normally good practice to flip with lots of actions left. So if you flip into, say, a Night Gaunt or a big enemy or something like that, although it won't be any... The chance of it being a night gaunt is very slim. There's only two in the deck, and it won't be any mobsters, will it? Because they have they've categorically not been placed there. I think we do flip. It makes our skulls minus twos. That's not the end of the world, but it also means either we never have to come back here again, or we know where the hidden chamber is. So I'm going to do it. Between actions two and three, I flip. It's the key to the chamber. All right, and one action left. It's probably worth moving on then. Question, do we go the House of the Reeds con uh, Congregational Church route or do we go the Osborne's General Store Bishop's Brook route? It's really 50-50. Congregational Church, I think, can spawn enemies, so I'm not particularly fond of that. I have a good feeling about House of the Reeds. I feel like it's low shroud, which would be great for the flashlight. But maybe Osborne's General Store is the same. Hmm. Well, you know what? I'm going to roll a die. Uh, odds, I go House of the Reeds route. Evens, I go General Store route. It's a one. So last action, I move to the house in the reeds. Even the locals stay away from this half-sunken hovel. It's two shroud and a clue. It says, while you're in house of the reeds, you cannot play assets. And if there are no clues here, draw, an encounter, draw the encounter card underneath house in the reeds. Group limit once per game. Okay, so I'm not replaying my 45 automatic from here. Upkeep. I draw a defiance, and I go up to four resources. Mythos, three of six doom. My encounter card is on wings of darkness. Revelation, test willpower four. If you fail, take a damage and a horror. Disengage from each non-night gaunt enemy engaged with you and move to a central location, which is the village commons. Options. Chuck in a take the initiative and be six on four to stay where I am and avoid the damage and the horror. Or essentially throw the test. Take a damage and a horror, which is not the end of the world. And I would then head to the Congregational Church first action. I am in a nice place here in the House of the Reeds to investigate first action and have two actions left and flip this card. This card being the encounter card under House in the Reeds. So I'm inclined to throw in the take the initiative and try to stay put, just for saving the actions here. I draw a minus three. So I was a three, six against four, minus three is three against four, fail. I'm up to two of seven damage and three of seven horror, and I get pulled to the village commons. Right, it changes things slightly. I think we still stick to that route because we know that that's an easy clue in House in the Reeds, and by that route I mean the schoolhouse congregational church diamond. So what do I do? I think I head into the congregational church. If it's a clue I can get, I get it. If I have to respond to things, I do that. 
yeah, there's no point sticking around. First action, move into Congregational Church. It's one shroud and one clue. It says forced after you reveal Congregational Church, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a copy of Kidnapped and draw it, shuffle the encounter deck. And there's the same free trigger about if there are no clues flipping it. Here's a Kidnapped. Kidnap reads, Revelation, test willpower or agility 4. If you fail, add an ally asset you control to the pool of potential sacrifices. Then attach Kidnap to the current agenda. If you have no ally assets, take 2 damage and discard Kidnapped instead. And it reads, Forced when attached agenda advances, choose a potential sacrifice at random and place it underneath the agenda deck. I don't have any ally assets, so all of that attaching and the Forced effect don't matter. The important part is if I have no ally assets, I take 2 damage and discard Kidnapped instead. Well, my willpower is a 4, because I have 3 cards underneath me. My agility is a 3, so I think I just go with my willpower. 4 on 4. Minus 2, I fail, so I'm taking 2 damage. That would take me to 4 of 7, or I could play Ward of Protection now and cancel those 2 damage. I think I hold on. If I see Terrible Secret, having Ward is really nice for cancelling all the horror, and if I see something like Psychopomp Song that makes the next damage into a three damage hit, I'll really want Ward then, so I think I avoid it. Second action I investigate. Three on zero using flashlight. Minus one, clue. I did wonder for, for that, I should say, I did wonder if I should just go for it three on one, but I thought, you know, if I draw one of the minus threes, it's a wasted action. I want to use at least, I want to use my flashlight so I can play another gun or use my last ammo on the gun. So I just thought it's probably better to be safer and only worry about the auto fail than to sort of gamble needlessly. So yeah, so that was second action. I think third action, I flip this card. It's a hunting night gaunt. Okay, youch. Um, oh, that's not third action, sorry, that's free action. So I moved in, I investigated, have a night gaunt engaged with me. Last action, I start shooting it with my last bullet of my 45. Five on three. Minus three, miss. Ouch. Enemy phase, the night gaunt mauls me. I'm up to four of seven horror and five of seven damage. And upkeep, I draw Alyssa Graham and another resource, up to five resources. We hit four of six doom. My encounter card is Resurgent Evils. I either have to place a doom on the current agenda or draw the top two cards of the encounter deck. We're at four of six. Placing the doom won't make it advance. My turn is probably going to be playing the 45 automatic potentially using my Ward of Protection to not take a damage so that I'm not at 6 of 7 damage, and then shooting the Night Gaunt twice, which isn't the best of turns. If I draw two more cards and I draw into more enemies, I won't even have the health available to play the automatic. If I draw more enemies and try and evade them, that's also kind of dreadful. I think I have to suck up the Doom. Am I missing anything? I've got Defiance in hand, Water Protection, Scene of the Crime, Automatic, and Alyssa Graham. Nothing really helping me there. Let's place a Doom. That stings, but it needs to be done. Taking a moment to have a sip of coffee and ponder my options. Evading, I'm a three on one. 
But while attempting to evade hunting Nightgaunt, double the negative modifier on each revealed chaos token. So I'm essentially one up. I need to draw a minus one or better to evade. Don't like my odds there. Skulls are now minus three. Cultist is minus two. Tablet is minus two. So we've got two skulls and two minus threes in the bag. Yeah, it's not it's not very nice at all. Second option is, yeah, the, the play automatic. I'd go up to five horror and a couple of shots. I think I do it. Spend four, play the automatic. I take an attack of opportunity. I take a horror, take him up to five horror and a damage. And I play ward of protection. Play when an enemy attack would cause me to take damage. Ignore that aspect. My willpower goes up to five, which is nice. I get a card and a resource. And the card is hypochondria. After I take one or more damage, take a direct horror. Okay, second action I shoot. I'm a five on three. I think I should commit the defiance to get over the threshold. Given that hypochondria's come out, I'm in a really dangerous point that if I take a hit from the night gaunt, I get a six damage and six horror, and then the seventh horror kills me. So I think I commit defiance and I commit scene of the crime to stay in the game. So first action, I commit defiance, and I'll name Skull. I'm six on three. Ha, it's a Skull. Unfortunately, I've already used my ability this turn, uh, this phase. So the defiance cancels the Skull, but I don't get to place it underneath me. And then I'll do the same with scene of the crime for the last action. Six on three. Minus three. Wow, I drew minus threes for both of those tests and I committed to pass. Okay. <sighs> Felt a bit touch and go, but there we go. I'm on two clues, two resources. I'm on five damage and five horror of seven for each. I've got one flashlight charge and two bullets. I found the key, but I have hypochondria in play and my hand is a lonely Alyssa Graham. So that was play automatic and take two shots. Upkeep brings me drawn to the flame. And I go up to three resources. We hit six doom and advance. First blood. Whippoorwills gather along the gambrel roofs of Dunwich and begin to shriek in jubilation. The people of Dunwich believe that the presence of Whippoorwills foreshadows somebody's imminent death. Do they long for your death or is the victim someone else? If there are three or more potential sacrifices, choose one of them at random and place it underneath the agenda deck without looking at it. There are three. There's Warren Rice, Zebulon Waitley, and Earl Sawyer. And it's the middle one, and I don't look at it, so I just have to fish it out of this pile. Agenda 2A, the old one's hunger. As the sun sets, the frightened townsfolk retreat into their homes and lock their doors. It is clear to you that many of them know more than they're letting on. A sickening feeling turns over in your stomach as the village's true nature becomes clear. Six Doom. My encounter card is O'Banian's Thug. Four fight, two health, two evade. While it's engaged with me, I cannot gain resources. And it hits for two damage. Ugh. What do we do? I have a Drawn to the Flame and an Alyssa Graham in hand. If I take a shot with my gun, I'd be a five on four. Not great. If I try to evade, I'd be a three on two. Also not great. I could shoot the thug and clear hypochondria. It's a bit of a slow turn, but I really just need to recover cards and I need to stay alive. 
could shoot the thug, take a resource and play a lissa, and that would give me a big Horus Oak. Chances are it might be a couple of shots to kill the thug at one up. If I evade the thug, another option, I could just move away. Quite like to go up to House in the Reeds next. That's the last location in our upper diamond that we haven't cleared. It's two shroud and I've got a flashlight charge. It's only one clue. And then we've cleared off that whole area of the map. But remember that while I'm there, I cannot play assets. So I couldn't play Alyssa while I was up there. I think we go for the Alyssa, the, the, the thug shot and then either clear Hypochondria or play Alyssa. So down to one ammo, five on four. Zero. Nice. Dead thug. Clear hypochondria or get Alyssa down. Clear hypochondria. My thinking is I'll get the resource naturally. So I'll be spending two actions to play Alyssa anyway to take a resource to four and then play it. So I may as well just clear the hypochondria, which also takes two actions. Upkeep brings me I've had worse. And I'm up to four resources. Now, I've had worse. Very useful for staying alive, we hope. We get another Doom, and my encounter card is Unhallowed Country. <laughs> Put Unhallowed Country into play in your threat area. You cannot play ally assets. Treat the printed text box of each ally asset you control as if it were blank. And at the end of your turn, test Willpower 3, and currently Willpower 5. If you succeed, discard Unhallowed Country. Well, <laughs> the Alyssa plan changes, but that means I think we head up, we investigate and probably flip that card. Move to House in the Reeds. Spend last flashlight charge, three on zero. Minus one, clue, with one action left, we flip. It's strange signs. Revelation test willpower three. If you fail, add one clue from the token pool to your location, or two clues if there are three or four investigators in the game. I'm three on three testing. I don't want to commit Alyssa or Drawn to the Flame to this, so I'm just going to go for it. Minus one, so that's a fail, and I add a clue here. Luckily, I'd already cleared that location, but the extra clue is annoying. And I have one action left. I think I head back to the... Well, if I head to the schoolhouse, I can then be on that loop to the general store in Bishop's Brook, that diamond. So that's my last action, I'll move over. So I move, investigate, free trigger, move. At the end of the turn, I have to do Unhallowed Country, five on three. Skull, you are now four locations with no encounter cards underneath them. So that's a minus four, Unhallowed Country stays. Upkeep, a defiance. I was just thinking I would have said Skull if I had a defiance. Okay, fine, five resources. We hit two of six doom. And my encounter card is Hunted Down. If there are no criminal enemies in play, it gains Surge. And it surges into a hired gun. Ugh. Well, what do we do with this guy? I've only got one ammo left. He is only one evade. So I think we evade him. And then we move down to the general store. So I'm a three-on-one evading. I'll commit Defiance and say Skull. And let's see how we do. tablet. That's a minus two, so I pass the evade, but defiance doesn't cancel the tablet. Second action, we head to the store. From the air of hushed fright at Osborne's store, they knew something hideous had happened. It's two shroud and one clue. 
you cannot gain resources while you're at Osborne's general store. And if there are no clues here, draw the encounter card underneath Osborne's general store. I have one action left. I can't play Alyssa. If I stay here and play I've Had Worse to a hit, I don't gain the resources. I'm on five resources. It's not too bad. I could play Drawn to the Flame and get this clue. Don't know if that's an efficient use of my actions. I could move down to the Bishop's Brook. Gives me a bit of breathing room between the hired gun and me. Could draw a card. What am I looking for? More cancels. I'm going to move down to the Bishop's Brook. If I move down and pass Unhallowed Country, next turn I could play Alyssa and hopefully use that to get the clue there and pop that card and then we decide how to go. One dreads to trust the tenebrous tunnel of the bridge, yet there is no way to avoid it. It's three shroud and two clues. Hmm. And if there's an investigator at Bishop's Brook, other investigators cannot enter Bishop's Brook. Upkeep, uh, enemy phase nothing. Upkeep the hired gun readies. Sorry, I should have at the end of my turn tested on Hallowed Country. Five on three. Minus three. Fail. Upkeep draws me a deny existence. Phew. And I go to six resources because I'm no longer at the general store. We hit three doom and my encounter card is eager for death. Test willpower three. Uh, willpower two, sorry. Increase this skill test difficulty by one for each damage on you. I have five damage on me. So that is willpower seven. If you fail, take two horror, which kills me. Let's give it a go. Five on seven. Cultist. If you fail, add one clue from the token pool to your location. That was pretty much the worst thing to draw. And I take two horror. And I think I play I've had worse to cancel those two horror, placing it underneath me, getting me two resources for cancelling it. And then I get a resource and a card. So that takes me up to nine resources. Card is perception. Hmm. Well, I'm hanging on in there. I'm up to six willpower, which is nice. How do I get three clues from a three shroud location? I think I play Drawn to the Flame and then I investigate with Perception. I don't much like the idea of playing Drawn to the Flame this turn because I'm so beaten up, but I'm always going to be beaten up. So we just got to go for it. So Drawn to the Flame it is. The top card is Servant of Many Mouths. Spawn any empty location, retaliate, and after you defeat Servant of Many Mouths, discover one clue at any location. Where do we put the Servant? It's three fight, two health, and one evade. Well, we could put it at the village commons, with a view to heading there and shooting it with the last bullet of our gun, and that could get us the Osborne's General Store clue if we needed it to. We could also put it at the General Store with a plan to head around and shoot it there, or we could just put this all the way away in the congregational church where we're not going to head. And then we don't even need to think about it. I think we put it in the congregational church. Mm, or do we? It's such a handy way of getting a clue. No, I'm going to put it there. It's fine. Out in the congregational church. We can have the hired gun hunt down to village commons this turn, and we can then sneak past it back into the general store. Hopefully. Second action... I'll investigate committing perception. I'm two up. 
minus one clue. So up to six clues now, and the perception draws me a ward of protection. Do we flip this card? We do, we have to. And it is the hidden chamber. Hurrah! Revelation put the hidden chamber into play. The hidden chamber and the location from which it was drawn are connected to one another. The door to the hidden chamber is locked. You cannot enter the hidden chamber unless key to the chamber is attached to the hidden chamber. And I have the key, and it says if hidden chamber is connected to your location, attach it to the chamber. I have one action left. I can't play Alyssa because of Unhallowed Country. My hand is Alyssa, Deny Existence and Ward of Protection. I think I just draw a card. I've got nine resources. I can't play Alyssa with Unhallowed Country. Last action, draw. It's a steadfast. I don't have five or more remaining total health and sanity, or ten or more, so it's just a single white, uh, willpower or a single combat icon. That's my turn done. The hired gun hunts to village commons. Or oh, we can have it hunt to the general store, in fact, because it doesn't matter. At the end of my turn, I need to test Unhallowed Country, and I will put in the Steadfast, because that makes me a 7 on 3. Elder Sign. Wow, that's a plus 2, and I pass. What do I pick up from underneath me? There's a couple of options here. I could pick up Dark Insight. I'll, I'll say what's underneath me, sorry. I've got I've Had Worse, Deny Existence, Dark Insight, Dodge, and Ward of Protection. I'm on 5 damage of 7, and 5 horror of 7. So the dodge and the I've had worse are very useful for blocking damage and horror. The deny existence is also useful in that regard. I have a deny existence and a ward in hand. Dark insight for just not take, drawing an encounter card next turn seems really nice as well. I'm in a bit of a pickle, aren't I, that there are going to be eight clues to get on the hidden chamber. And with Alyssa down, I'll be four on three testing with a hired gun chasing me and... No Drawn to the Flame, no Scene of the Crime. I mean, we've seen one of each of those, so there's still a few left. We've seen just half of the deck. Hmm. One option is I take the dodge back, and next turn I can go into the... Play Alyssa, go into the Hidden Chamber, try and get a clue. And when I'm about to be hit, I play the dodge, and it goes back underneath me. The following turn I then investigate a bunch of times, potentially take a hit, Soak some of that on Alyssa and investigate again a bunch of times. Hmm. It's not ideal, is it? Another option is I take the Dark Insight. So don't draw an encounter card next turn. Move in, investigate. Essentially have to flee again. Depends slightly on what I draw in upkeep as well, doesn't it? I think I take the dodge because that at least is the route that will get us to victory. Whereas Dark Insight is just treading water. We do upkeep, I draw Dr. Francis Morgan, and I go up to 10 resources. Hmm. Mythos, we hit four of six doom, and my encounter card is Rotting Remains. I'm a five on three here. Plus one, six on three. Nice. Do we try and do this? Let's give it a go. First action, I pay four for Alyssa Graham. I tap Alyssa Graham and look at what's coming next. It's a mobster. Two, 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 retaliate, and after it attacks, you lose a resource. Probably shoot that with my last shot with the automatic. Second action, I move into the hidden chamber, so we have to advance. 
you find your way into the hidden chamber where you believe the missing folk are being held. But the horrors that confront you there fray the edges of your sanity. Bound by chains in a secluded corner of the room is an unspeakable creature with the face of a man. It wheezes and wrestles to free itself as it notices your entrance. The many mouths covering the creature's body are covered in blood and gristles of meat as though it were feeding recently. With a hideous croak, the creature speaks with seven mouths. Seth? Then it lurches forward as though to grab you and several of its chains snap. Reveal each unrevealed location, where we've been everywhere. Move all clues in play, including those on each investigator, to the hidden chamber. So I had six clues, so they go there. There was that one extra one on House in the Reeds, because I flubbed a test with a cultist, and there was the one extra one on Osborne's general store. Two cultists means we're on eight clues instead of six. It's a pretty hefty increase. Spawn the set-aside Silas Bishop enemy in the hidden chamber. Three fight, six health, seven evade. Silas Bishop is infused with evil. It's massive, and it cannot make attacks of opportunity. What walked on the mountains that May night? What rudeness horror fastened itself on the world in half-human flesh and blood? H.P. Lovecraft, The Dunwich Horror. It's also victory too. It's engaged with us, and we have a single solitary action left. Do we fish for clues? I think we do. I think I commit Francis Morgan to make us a five and three. Minus two. Clue. That's all I can do, right? I played Alyssa, I moved in, got a clue. Enemy phase, the hired gun hunts down to Bishop Brook. Silas attacks us, and I spend one with this dodge to dodge the attack. Getting the one back and drawing a premonition. Upkeep, I draw prepared for the worst and go up to seven resources. We hit five doom and draw our mobster. So damage and horror this turn, if I'm not careful, is three and three. Two two from Silas Bishop and one one from the hired gun. I can shoot the mobster engaged with me and try and get clues. Let's tap Alyssa first and see what the next card is. It's a servant of many mouths, which will spawn miles away. That's fine. If I take the two damage and the two horror from Silas, put one and two of that on Alyssa, and that'll take me to six of seven damage. But then the hired gun will finish me off. I wonder if my only way out of here is to head and resign. And that would be shooting the mobster, moving to the hired gun, trying to evade the hired gun. And then the following turn, <laughs> evading the hired gun, moving to village commons, resigning. I don't think I have a, a reliable enough way of getting seven more clues. There is a scene of the crime and a drawn to the flame to come, which would be four, but that means I still need to get three. There's another flashlight to come, but uh, yeah, you know, those are three cards in something like 18 cards. The odds aren't great. And if that's the case, maybe I should have gone and resigned when, while there were no clues on the hidden chamber, because I would have got the victory two from it, which would have been great. So that's maybe a misplay there that I just have run out of steam. Right, let's at least shoot the mobster. Five on two. Minus one, dead mobster. Second action, leave. The hired gun engages me. That's annoying about missing that if I just wasn't going to do it, I should have just resigned. Third action, try and evade. I'm a three on one. 
I won't commit anything. Skull, that's a minus four, fail. Enemy phase, this guy hits me for a damage, which I take, and a horror, which I put on Alyssa. Upkeep, I draw a flashlight. Hmm. If only I had a handy way of killing this hide gun. We go to eight resources and hit six doom. Oh, I could have saved another sacrifice. Or do you, res if you resign, does it kill everyone? Can't remember. Abandoned streets. More whippoorwills flock to Dunwich Village as the night progresses. The other townsfolk, notoriously superstitious, are terrified by the bird's presence. With the doors around you shut and locked, you find yourself alone in the streets of Dunwich. There are two sacrifices, and it's the top one that goes. Don't look at it. Feed the beast. The rhythmic screeching of the whippoorwills fills the night. If the superstitions of Dunwich are correct, their song portends impending death. But for whom? Well, I mean, it feels like me, doesn't it? My encounter card is a servant of many mounts. I'll just put it up in the house in the reeds. Play a premonition. It's a plus one. Okay. So one option is evade, move, or rather evade, play flashlight, move to the hidden chamber, and then I take a hit, which kills me. <laughs> so that's not an option. The other option is I evade, move to village commons and resign. Third option is I evade, draw cards and if i draw a shriveling that can kill the hired gun pretty quickly a couple of shots but that's a turn's worth playing shriveling and taking two shots and then flashlight move in don't really have a reliable way of handling silas i suppose what i'm saying is i can sort of tread water for a while as i think about trying to survive but it's not it's not very good is it in the long term, it's just not really getting me anywhere. So I think I use this plus one that I have on premonition to evade. I move to the village commons and I resign. Dope. Okay, well, let's take a, take a look at the resolutions, see what they do. At least I didn't take trauma and I spent most of that game on five damage and five horror. So that that in itself is reasonable. But yeah, a bit of a shame. I don't, I don't feel too bad about that. You know, we needed to investigate nearly every location, which is often the way. And what I predicted about running out of steam by the time I got to the hidden chamber was accurate. So yeah, so stay tuned and we'll dive into another one. Thanks for listening. And I'm back. So I was, I was just thinking in that break and thinking, damn, if I had resigned, the hidden chamber was revealed with no clues on it, I'm pretty sure I would have got away with getting four XP instead of two. As it is, I only got two. I mean, given that I acknowledged it on the recording, I don't think it would be fair to say, oh, I should have just gone and resigned too. It is a mistake. If I was thinking a little bit more clearly, I, I should have just resigned and maybe I was being too optimistic, you know, it, it was weird because I was, had that sort of, um, I want to say gallows humour optimism, but it's, it's not. It's that sort of um, bleak optimism where I knew my situation was ruined. The likelihood of me being able to get eight clues off the hidden chamber was very slim. And yet I still thought I'd persevere and see if I could luck into something. And if I'd have taken a more pessimistic slash realistic assessment of the situation, maybe I'd have gone, there's no chance here. I'm heading to the exit and resigning. 
And if I'd done that, I would have got more XP. Which is, yeah, that's that's a shame. As it is, because I resigned, it means I didn't get to read the interlude. So no one is marked as surviving Dunwich Legacy. It's a bit of a shame. And I find myself now facing up against three broods because there are three names listed as sacrifice to Yogg-Sothoth. So when I begin Undimension Unseen, one copy is in play at Cold Spring Glen and the other two copies are set aside. And then the final two copies of the broods have been removed. In return to Undimensioned Unseen, there's not too many changes, but what there are is that rather than there being five identical broods, there are four new broods. So you keep one of the normal broods and the four new broods, and that's your pool to choose from. And I've done that all without looking, so I don't know what broods we're facing. I just know that there's a pile of three. And it says, for the duration of this scenario, the following additional rule applies... If a brood of Yogg-Sothoth would be put into play, it's chosen at random from among the set-aside versions of brood of Yogg-Sothoth, as I've just said. So, scenario six, undimensioned and unseen. Agenda 1A, rampaging creatures. Reports of terrifying entities wreaking havoc across the countryside have caused the citizens of Dunwich to panic. Worse, the creatures seem to be invisible to the naked eye. Diana has decided to warn the townsfolk, That feeling she has in the pit of her stomach about something very terrible going wrong is giving her all those alarm bell signals for what it was like in the Silver Twilight Lodge discovering the evil there. And she is just desperate to get people out of this situation and bring an end to it as quickly as possible. There's a forced effect. At the end of the enemy phase, move each brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemy once towards a random location. I've numbered the six locations in play and we'll talk about it when we get to it. And it's five doom. Act 1A, Saracenic Script. The monsters tearing through Dunwich County are immune to traditional weapons. Only by reciting a particular incantation can the creatures be defeated. First, you must search the ruins of Wilbur Waitley's home in order to find the final sections of the otherworldly script. It's two clues to advance, and only investigators at Waitley Ruins may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. There are six locations in play. They're in three rows, two on the top, three in the middle, and one on the bottom. At the top, we have the Blasted Heath and the Devil's Hopyard. They're connected to each other. They then connect down to the outer locations in the middle row. So Blasted Heath connects down to Dunwich Village. Devil's Hopyard connects down to Waitley Ruins. In between them is the Ten Acre Meadow that connects to them both. And all three of them all connect down to Cold Spring Glen. And that is where we find our first brood, which is the top one of this pile, Brood of Yogg-Sothoth, Thrashing Spawn. Seven fight, one health, three evade. Massive and retaliate, and it gets plus one health per investigator and cannot be damaged or attacked except using the ability on Esoteric Formula. It's victory one, and it hits for two damage and one horror. So that is our brood in play. Sam Lamont's art of a massive pink creature is brilliant. So the structure of this scenario, I think, is fairly well known. First step is getting clues and getting to Waitley Ruins. Second step is killing broods. Broods can be killed by putting clues on them, or rather that helps the killing of broods. So if on the way to Waitley Ruins one finds out where what locations give clues, all the better. We start at Dunwich Village. It's always a relief to get clear of the place and to follow the narrow road around the base of the hills and across the level country beyond till it rejoins the Aylesbury Pike. Afterward, one sometimes learns that one has been through Dunwich. Three shroud, one clue. 
There's an action, resign, you hide from the creatures. There's a free trigger, you borrow some hounds to track the creatures by scent. An investigator in Dulwich Village may place one of his or her clues on any abomination in play. Group limit, once per game. Skulls are minus one for each brood in play, so it's minus one. Cultists to reveal another token if you fail, take a horror. And tablets are zero. You must either remove all clue tokens from a brood of Yogg-Sothoth in play, or this token's modifier is minus four instead. My opening hand, Dark Insight, Enchanted Blade, Twilight Blade, Premonition, Dodge, Perception. Huh. No economy. Straight away, I think the Premonition is maybe not necessary. The Dodge is potentially very useful for these moving broods, particularly to run away from them because they're massive. Enchanted Blade is also pretty handy, as is the Twilight Blade if I have enough cards to reuse underneath me, although getting my willpower high enough to kill broods means that I'm not sure about keeping the Twilight Blade. I quite like the perception early for trying to just get this clue. So do I keep Enchanted Blade, Dodge and Perception and Mulligan too? Yeah, I think I do that. 45 Automatic and Deny Existence are the next two. So I could play the 45, Investigate, Move On, and then the question is, where do I move? So the number scheme I use for this scenario is the top row, Blasted Heath is one and Devil's Hopyard is two. And then I move from left to right on the middle row. So Dunwich Village is three, Ten Acre Meadow is four, and Waitley Ruins is five, and Cold Spring Glen is six. So at the end of the enemy phase, I roll a dice for the Thrashing Spawn. If I roll a one or a three, it's heading up to me. If I roll a two or a five, it's heading the right-hand route around. Six, it stays put, and a four, it would head to Ten Acre Meadow. I'm tempted to play the 45 automatic, try and get the clue, and move to Ten Acre Meadow. And then there's a char- there's only a one in six chance that it comes for me. If it does come to me, I can use the dodge to get away from it, which isn't too bad. And I have the 45, I can't fight it with the 45 anyway. I'm going to need some more clue tech sooner or later. So first action pay four for the 45. Second action, investigate, committing perception. Five on three. Zero, clue, and that draws me into a ward of protection. And third action, head to the 10 acre meadow. Now I could head up to Blasted Heath, but I think it can damage you at the end of your turn. So I think I gamble and come here instead, given that it's a bit of a safe gamble. The Ten Acre Meadow. The trees of the frequent forest belts seem too large, and the wild weeds, brambles, and grasses attain a luxuriance not often found in settled regions. At the same time, the planted fields appear singularly few and barren. Two shroud and three clues. And there's a free trigger here. You set a bait using a live animal. Each investigator in Ten Acre Meadow may place one of his or her clues on an abomination enemy in Ten Acre Meadow. So I can place one clue from Dunwich Village, and I can place one clue from Ten Acre Meadow. They're both group limit once per game. The one at Donwich Village is any abomination in play. The one at Ten Acre Meadow is at Ten Acre Meadow. Enemy phase, nothing happens, but at the end of the enemy phase, the brood moves. I roll the one, which is the blasted heath, so it moves up to Dunwich Village. Up creep, I draw a take the initiative, up creep, and I go up to two resources. We place our first doom, and my encounter card is... The creature's tracks. Peril. Revelation. You must either choose one, take two horror, or spawn a set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth 
at a random location. Hmm. It's peril, so I shouldn't really discuss it with you, but let's discuss it. In my hand for cancellation, I have Ward of Protection, Dark Insight, and Deny Existence. I'm pretty sure I've said Deny Existence once when I've meant Ward, and vice versa. So I could cancel this outright with Ward of Protection. I could shuffle it back in with Dark Insight. I could choose to take the two Horror and cancel that with Deny Existence. I could just put a Brood in play. If I put a Brood in play, potentially I'm using my Take the Initiative to get one clue here, and then I'm heading to Waitley Ruins. And at that point, I then can advance, and I get the Esoteric Formula. I'm not in a particularly strong position to be getting clues, and my willpower is still very low, so I'm not really in a position to fight. When Agenda 1 advances, we'll be getting a brood, and when Agenda 2 advances, we'll be getting another brood. So I don't need to get broods. So I could pay two and shuffle this away, and I get one back and a card. I could pay one and a horror, and I get a card. Could just deny it, and I get a card and a resource. I think I'm going to do that. So I think I take the two horror, deny it, which takes me up to two willpower, gets me a card, which is another ward of protection, and I go up to three resources. So yeah, I, th I think that's right. I think spending two or one resource, or spending two resources to shuffle it away and get a resource and a card back is not great. Spending one resource and a horror to get one resource and a card is not a great trade either. Getting another brood out if it's blocking the way is kind of problematic. So yeah, I think I do that. What do we do this turn? I think I try and get a clue here, and that means committing take the initiative to make me a six on two. Minus three, clue. Second action, I move to the ruins. It's two shroud and two clues. It was as though a house launched by an avalanche had slid down through the tangled growths of an almost vertical slope. The ancient and arcane tomes found within the Waitley Ruins hold the secrets to manipulating the monsters. Each investigator in Waitley Ruins gets minus one willpower, and as an action I can test Intellect 4 if you're successful, move a brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemy one location in any direction. Well, that's not great for me. I've got one action left. I am one up investigating here. Should I do it? I think also we're going to place a Doom when we advance, because we didn't rescue, or Henry Armitage is not marked as surviving the Dunwich legacy. So if that's the case, we shouldn't rush to advance while our willpower's low. We could get more clues and then suddenly advance. So I think I investigate last action of only one up. Elder Sign, that is a clue. And I think I take the Deny Existence back, because I didn't spend anything to put it underneath me. And that sets me up for another ward then. You know, uh, another Deny, sorry, there you go, getting the name wrong. Denying twice, so that gains me two cards, two resources for a zero-cost event. Seems good. Yes, I know the willpower's gone down. Upkeep, I draw a Defiance, I get a resource. But before Upkeep, at the end of the enemy phase, the Brood moves. I rolled a six, so it goes back to the Cold Spring Glen. Mythos, we hit two of five Doom, and my encounter card is Unhallowed Country. I can't play allies. Allies are blank, and I need to test Willpower three at the end of my turn. I think I try and get another clue here. Three on two. Minus three. I'll try one more time. 
minus two. Oh, should I have cancelled Unhallowed Country? Too late now. And then I'll move up to the Devil's Hopyard. It's two shroud and a clue. There's a free trigger here. The creature follows you into the mud. Each investigator here may place one of his or her clues on an abomination in Devil's Hopyard. Okay, another place to have a clue. So at the moment, between Dunwich Village, Ten Acre Meadow and Devil's Hopyard, I can place three clues on broods. At the end of the turn, I need to test Willpower 3 to see if I can discard Unhallowed Country. I'm not going to commit anything. I'm just a one on three. Plus one, two on three. Maybe I should have committed something. The brood moves. Number one, heading back to the Blasted Heath. Upkeep, I draw a flashlight and go to five resources and we hit three doom. My encounter card is Altered Beast. If there's no abomination enemies in play, it gains surge. Otherwise, choose an abomination enemy in play. Heal all damage from that enemy and attach Altered Beast to it. Forced, when you enter attached enemies location or vice versa, Take one horror. So this would be going on the thrashing spawn. I think we cancel this. And I think we cancel it with a ward. Take one horror. And then we don't have to worry about taking any further horror from it. So that cost me one. And I go up to two of seven horror. And then I gain one and draw a shriveling. And the altered beast is gone. This turn, I think I play my flashlight. Try and get a clue here. And head back to the Waitley Ruins. Flashlight costs me two. I investigate three on zero. Tentacle, that's annoying. And I'll investigate again, three on zero. Tablet, zero, I have to remove all clues from a brood. There aren't any clues, so I have to treat this as a minus four, which makes me a zero on zero. I pass and get the clue. That's the end of my turn. Uh, I'm a two on three against unhallowed country now do i chuck a defiance no i think i save defiance for when i'm fighting a brood and really want to avoid a tablet two on three elder sign well that's a plus two that would make me a four on three if i take the card out from underneath me i'd still pass i think i leave the water protection under which is insane i know but i need to build up my willpower and i'm on seven cards in hand so taking it out means i'm discarding a card in upkeep little hand reminder i have enchanted blade and shriveling for assets i have dark insight ward of protection dodge deny existence for skills uh, for events and skills is defiance the end of the enemy phase the thrashing spawn rolls a three which is dunwich village it stays put Upkeep, I draw a Steadfast. I'm in a little bit of a better position to actually get some icons from that. Steadfast is going to be useful for attacking broods. I've taken one damage and two horror, so I have six and five left, which is 11. So that would be a nice plus three. Very useful for trying to kill a brood. And we hit four doom. This is the point where advancing would be fine. Our encounter card is Sordid and Silent. Revelation, attach Sordid and Silent to your location. At the end of the round, each investigator at attached location takes one horror, and when the agenda advances, we're on four or five doom, discard Sorted and Silent. That is great. I'll just leave it on Devil's Hopyard. Okay, first action, move to the Waitley Ruins. Second action, investigate, last flashlight charge, three on one. Minus one, clue. 
I'm going to spend two clues while I'm here to advance. Obtaining the formula. Check the campaign log. If Dr. Armitage survived the Dunwich legacy, he did because he was in my deck. But because I resigned with no resolution, I didn't get to read the interlude, the survivors. So I never got to add the note to my campaign log that he survived. Interesting, because he's also not listed under sacrifice to Yogg-Sothoth. I'm going to pause and go and look at the FAQ and see what it says. Well, this is very interesting. I'm really glad I went to the FAQ because it says for Blood on the Altar, if the no resolution was reached resolution between the third and the fourth bullet points, add the following bullet point. If Dr. Henry Armitage is not listed under sacrifice to Yogg-Sothoth in your campaign log, record that Dr. Henry Armitage survived the Dunwich legacy. I still don't get to go and do that interlude that would get me the powder of Ibn Ghazi, but it means when I read this card, I don't add a doom. So, oh, there we go. There, Armitage sighs a breath of relief, jotting down the last phrases of the formula. I have translated the last of it. He shudders as he hands you the script, the words conjuring forth memories of his battle with the creature. I hope this is the last time I'll have to read it, he admits. But if we do nothing, the end result will be much, much worse. Each investigator puts into play one set-aside esoteric formula. It's an interesting little bit of um, writing there that we get a little bit of an insight into Armitage's head. I mean, we don't see what's conjured forth, but from the point of view of the investigators, obviously something is crossing his expression that we go, oh, wow, he's, he's in turmoil here. Act 2A, they must be destroyed. With the formula in hand, you finally have the means to destroy the creatures wreaking havoc in Dunwich, but only if you can survive long enough. Our objective is to defeat as many brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemies as we can. If there are none in play, advance. The formula says fight. You use willpower instead of combat. I'm currently willpower two. You get plus two willpower for this attack. For each clue on the attacked enemy, use this ability only on an abomination enemy. First action was move to Waitley Ruins. Second action was clue. I have a final action left. I'm about to be discarding cards if I'm not careful. I am tempted then to play something over my flashlight, such as this enchanted blade. And currently I'm able to place three clues, one on Dunwich Village, one on Ten Acre Meadow, and one on Devil's Hopyard, and I have three clues. Shriveling's not going to stand me in good stead while my willpower's low, so I spend three, discard the flashlight, and play the enchanted blade, and that's the end of my turn. At the end of the enemy phase, the Thrashing Spawn moves to four, the Ten Acre Meadow, and in upkeep I draw Drawn to the Flame and go up to two resources. We hit five Doom, which means Sordid and Silent discards. Calamity strikes. An old pickup truck rolls to a stop along the weathered trails of Dunwich. The driver, Joe Osborne, calls out to you through a shattered driver-side window, the truck's engine still running. It's over at the Eric's farm! He shouts, Dunn blasted their place apart. Poor Henry and Martha. You ask Osborne for the location of the Eric's homestead, and it confirms your worst fear. For that attack to have occurred recently, there must be more of the monsters on the loose. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck, and spawn one of the set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemies at a random location, if able. The brood is the Charging Beast, and its location is three... Dunwich Village. So this is Brood of Yogg-Sothoth, Charging Beast. It's only five fight, one health, and four evade. It's massive. It has additional health in the usual way. It can't be attacked unless by the ability on Esoteric Formula. 
It's victory one and it hits for two damage and one horror as well. And it says after Brood of Yogg-Sothoth moves for the first time each round, if it's unengaged, it immediately moves again towards a random location. So it gets two random moves, whereas the Thrashing Spawn just gets Retaliate and is harder to hit. I'm currently at two willpower, so fighting either of them is not a good idea. Potentially either goes down in a couple of hits. So with a clue, I'd be two, I'd be four willpower. Maybe I could boost up. I don't really like my chances of that, though. While the Thrashing Spawn is at 10 Acre Meadow, it is a target to put a clue on it. But that would still just be giving me plus two, so I'd be a four against seven trying to kill it. Seems pretty unlikely. I would move in, try and fight, maybe get retaliated against. It would all be a bit nasty. Let's see what we draw for Mythos, and then maybe we can start making a plan. We've also not been to Cold Spring Glen or Blasted Heath yet, and if there's more options for clues there, potentially we can put two clues on one brood and one on each other brood. I'm still planning to try and kill all three if I can. I think two would be a good amount. Agenda 2A biding its time. Once in a while, a wind sweeping up out of Cold Spring Glen would bring a touch of ineffable feta in the heavy night air. But the looked-for terror did not appear. Whatever was down there in the glen was biding its time, and Armitage told his colleagues it would be suicidal to try to attack it in the dark. There's the same forced effect, and this is a six-doom agenda, and I draw violent commands, put it into play in my threat area, as an action deal two damage to an investigator at your location and discard it, and at the t end of my turn test willpower three if I fail, take one horror. Well this is a cancel target for sure, but which cancel do I use? I think I use another ward of protection. Costs me one, gets me one. I'm up to willpower three, I draw a flashlight, and I'm up to three horror of seven. Bit of thinking. So I could move in on the brood, uh, the thrashing spawn at 10 Acre Meadow, pop a clue on it, so I'd be five on seven fighting it. I could attack it once with Steadfast. I've taken four damage, so it would be a plus three. That would make me an eight on seven. And then I could attack it again, five on seven, and the likelihood of landing that is pretty slim. I could move up to the Blasted Heath this turn, so move to the Hopyard, move to the Blasted Heath, either move away or do one more thing. I'm not quite sure what that thing is. And if I have to discard a card, it's probably the Flashlight this turn, and I keep hold of everything else. My hand is Flashlight and Shriveling, Dark Insight, Dodge, Deny Existence, and Drawn to the Flame, Defiance and Steadfast. If I can get a Premonition, and do the premonition defiance thing. That feels really nice. Yeah, I think I think I head up to Blasted Heath. If it means I just leave because it's going to damage me, so be it. But if it means I can sneak up on one, you know, killing the charging beast, it's only five fight. So if I could get a clue on it, I'd be a five on five. And I like those odds. That number's good. Then any icon I commit is, is a bonus. So yeah, first action move to Devil's Hop Yard. Second action move to Blasted Heath. It's four shroud and three clues, and there's trigger here. You lure the creature into a patch of sand. Investigators in Blasted Heath may, as a group, place up to two of their clues on an abomination enemy in Blasted Heath. Group limit once per game. Wow. Well, that takes us up to being able to place five clues. I think last action I just played Drawn to the Flame, and we try and get two clues there, then I'd be at five. 
It's a bit of a gamble, but let's do it. I draw Towering Beasts, Peril, Revelation, attached to brew the Yogg-Sothoth enemy in play. If that enemy is at your location, take one damage. The attached enemy gets plus one fight and plus one health. And I pay two with Dark Insight, taking me up to four willpower to shuffle that back into the deck, and I get two clues. I get a resource back, and I get an I've had worse, and yeah, I'm at four willpower. That's that's good. I'm, I'm pleased with this. If the Charging Beast comes up to me this turn, I can put two clues on it, essentially bringing its fight down to one. So I'd be a four on one, or, well, giving me plus four, so making me an eight on five. That's That's good. Even a single icon makes me four up, which means I can ignore tablets. This is me obviously shuffling back in Towering Beasts. That is the end of my turn. Enemy phase. The Thrashing Spawn moves to one, which is the Blasted Heath, so it moves back to Dunwich Village. And the Charging Beast moves to five, so it moves across to Ten Acre Meadow because it's heading to Waitley Ruins. And it moves again to five. Wow. It's run over to the Waitley Ruins. Upkeep. I draw a Prepared for the Worst, and I go up to two resources. Mythos, we hit a Doom, and my encounter card is an Avian Thrall. Five fight, four health, three evade. Praise on the lowest intellect, that's me. It's a hunter, and while it's being attacked with a ranged firearm or spell asset, it gets minus three fight. I have the 45 automatic sitting in play from the beginning of the game. So I think I take two shots at it. What do I do with my last action? It's hard to know, isn't it? Let's do the shots first. I'm a five on two shooting. Could commit a prepared for the worst. I'll just go for it, five on two. Tablet, that's a minus four and a miss. I was just thinking about putting defiance in. I'll try again, five on two. This time I will commit prepared for the worst. Six on two. Elder Sign. Two damage. Do I pick back up Dark Insight? Just because I can. I think I do. It drops me back down to three willpower, but the likelihood of me playing it again is high. And then I shoot a final time. Five on two. The things I could commit are Shriveling, Deny Existence, or Defiance. Or steadfast. I think I just do five on two. Minus one. Dead thrall. Back to eight cards in hand because I picked back up Dark Insight. I've got Defiance and Steadfast. Deny Existence, Dodge. I've had worse and Dark Insight. And then I've got Shriveling and Flashlight. That was my three actions. One missed shot and two hits. I fought back the thrall, but let's see where these creatures go. The thrashing spawn, who's just near me at Dunwich Village, moves to one. It's on me. And the brood of Yogg-Sothoth, down at Waitley Murins, moves to four, the Ten Acre Meadow. And again, to one, it's trying to reach me, so it moves across to Dunwich Village. In upkeep, I draw Amnesia. Choose and discard all but one card from my hand. And I have a hand of eight. Damn. So it's a player card while it's face down, but it's an encounter card while it's face up. It's about to make me discard cards from hand, so I play Deny Existence. Go up to four willpower, draw a Defiance, and get a resource. 
Phew, amnesia is the weakness, the madness weakness I got for starting this scenario. You're forced to gain another weakness. Thank goodness I had Ward of Protection still in hand, and I'm still back at eight cards now with a double defiance. Did I take a resource? I don't think I did. I'm at four resources. We hit two doom, and my encounter card is Eager for Death. Revelation, test willpower two. Increase this skill's skill test difficulty by one for each damage on you. I have one damage, so it's willpower three. If you fail, take two horror. I'm currently a four willpower. Let's do a little bit of thinking ahead. I could just pay two, get rid of this. That would make me a five willpower, and I drop two clues on the thrashing spawn, which would make me a nine on seven fighting it. And I could even defy a couple of times and just try and kill that brood. That's pretty nice. I've got a dodge in hand as well. The other option is... I take the test, I could just pass the test, but then I haven't built my willpower up to fight the brood of Yogg-Sothoth, which is a bit nasty. Or I take the test and I use I've Had Worse on the horror, which would get me up to five willpower as well. Draw me a card, would gain me another three resources, I'd be on seven resources. That means I then still have Dark Insight to shuffle away other cards. Hmm. What is the route? That's quite a good, good thinker, isn't it? Do I want to gamble on failing a test to get the cancel up? Or do I want to guarantee a cancel? Let's do the gamble. I'm four on three, taking the test. Skull, that's a minus two. So I fail and I take two horror. Play I've had worse, taking me to five willpower, gaining me two resources, and then a card and a resource, it's shriveling. Moment of truth. Here we go. In the free trigger window at the end of Mythos, I place two of my clues on an abomination enemy here, the Thrashing Spawn. Second action, I use... Uh, first action, rather, I use the esoteric formula. I'm a five. There's two clues on it, so that makes me a nine on seven. And I'll commit a defiance and say tablet. I've pulled the tablet. I've done it. So I cancel the tablet. Defiance goes underneath me and takes me up to six willpower, drawing me a drawn to the flame and an eighth resource because I played I've had worse in Mythos, so I'm still allowed to do that. And I place a doom on the brood of Yogg-Sothoth. Then I shrivel a, uh, an esoteric formula again. I'm now a six plus the two clues, a ten on seven. And I will commit this drawn to the flame to be eleven on seven. Cultist, reveal another token. Minus one. The thrashing spawn is killed. Nice. I gotta tell you, I was kind of nervous that I was just never gonna build my willpower up in time. And it could still all get wrecked and come crumbling down. So there is that. But I have got there. We've got up to six willpower. And I have a single action left. I could move down to... The Charging Beast, that's down in Dunwich Village. Cancel its attack, it wouldn't go moving. I oh, know it would move the first time, not great. I wonder if I reposition and go to the Devil's Hopyard. Or the alternative, because I've got many cards in hand, is I play a Shriveling. Although I still have the Enchanted Blade and a shot on the automatic and Dark Inside. So yeah, I think I move to the Hopyard. There's no point in being at the Blasted Heath anymore because I can't use that ability 
to place clues because I've used it now. It's group know it once per game. So my clue placing locations are Dunwich Village, Ten Acre Meadow, and the Hopyard. Enemy phase. The charging beast moves to four, Ten Acre Meadow, and again to three, back to Dunwich Village. It's toying with me. Upkeep, I draw Mists of Rillier, and I go up to nine resources. We hit three Doom of six, and my encounter card is a Lupine Thrall. Spawn, farthest location from me. Preys on the lowest agility, and it's a Hunter and Retaliate. Cold Spring Glen is two locations away, Ten Acre Meadow is two locations away, and Dunwich Village is two locations away. What do we do with this creature? It's more or less going to mob us wherever we go. Maybe we place it at Dunwich Village and then head down to the Waitley Ruins and we see where things move to. I sort of want it close to me because I'm in a position where I could just kill it. Or we put it in the Cold Spring Glen... And this turn we play cards, we play Shriveling, we play Mists, and we kind of keep our powder dry to see where the Charging Beast goes. Let's do that. Down in the Cold Spring Glen it goes. First action we spend three for Shriveling. Do I even want to play Mists or should I just save my six resources? Hmm, I don't really want to draw any more cards. I really just want the Charging Beast to come for us. So yeah, I will play Mists for two. Just as another option, if we need it, gives us a bit of mobility. And last action, I'll take a resource. Enemy phase, the Lupine Thrall hunts up to the Waitley Ruins. And at the end of the enemy phase, the Charging Beast, come on, a one or a two. Four, hunts to Ten Acre Meadow. And three, moves back to Dunwich Village. Upkeep draws us terrible secret. I can't cancel this with Dark Insight. So I'm taking horror and losing cards from underneath I knew that this was a risk with no Ward of Protection in hand. How much horror can I afford to take? Well, not too much. I'm on three of seven. So I think I can take two horror, maybe. And that means losing three cards. So I'll lose both Wards of Protection and a Defiance and take two horror. And I'm up to five of seven and six resources. My willpower is back down to three. Dope! We hit four Doom. My encounter card is Imperceptible Creature. It surges, and it says, Revelation, attached to a brood of Yogg-Sothoth in play without a copy of an um, imperceptible creature. Attached, remove one clue from that enemy. Attached creature, attached enemy gains elite. So I'll put that on the charging beast. Luckily, we didn't have any clues on it. And that surges into unhallowed country. Well, I could dark insight this to get rid of it. I don't really need to, though. If I dark insight it, shuffle it away, I'm up to four willpower again. This turn I could move twice to Dunwich Village, put a clue on the charging beast, and I'd be one up with the attacking. I could steadfast for one, which would make me three up, and I could defiance for the other, saying tablet two up, and that would potentially be a kill. Oh, I would have to do, I'd only have to be able to do one, and then I would dodge the attack, and I'd chase it and kill it next turn. So I think we go for it. I pay two, shuffle and hollow country back in. It draws me Alyssa Graham and gets me a resource, and I'm up to four willpower again. If I see Twilight Blade, it's going down. <laughs> First action, I move to the Blasted Heath. Second action, I move to Dunwich Village, and the Charging Beast engages me. 
I used the ability on Dunwich Village to place a clue on an abomination enemy in play. The annoying thing about that ability is that, that it can target any abomination wherever they are, any um, brood rather. So it's actually the most useful one because you can ping a clue on someone when they're on the other side of the map and this charging beast is here, but it seems to just want to hang out here near Dunwich Village, so I've got to at least try something. So I'm a four, five, six with that clue against five. I'm one up. If I chuck in a defiance, I'm two up. And if I say tablet, that gets rid of that token. There's two minus threes, a minus four, and auto fail, and that would be it. So I think we do that. If we luck out into hitting the tablet, which is obviously a slim chance, I can at least put that underneath me. Four, five, six, seven on five. Naming tablet with defiance. It's a zero, and I put a damage. Enemy phase, the lupine thrall hunts across to Cold Spring Glen. It could go 10, me 10 acre meadow or Cold Spring Glen. I'm gonna put it down in Cold Spring Glen because if this brood then moves to 10 acre meadow, we can chase it there. And I then take two damage and horror from the, the charging beast. And I spend one with my dodge, taking me up to five willpower and drawing me Dr. Francis Morgan. Upkeep draws me the Twilight Blade. I mean, I could use that to replay a dodge and I'm at six resources. We hit five of six doom and our encounter card is Ruin and Destruction. If there's no investigators at the same location as a brood of Yogg-Sothoth... Oh, sorry, hold on. At the end of the enemy phase, I have to see where this brood moves to. Three, it stays with me. Okay, fine, we're fine. Uh, so this would gain surge if we weren't with broods. Otherwise, each investigator tests agility three. For each point they fail by, they take a damage. I could commit Twilight Blade and Dr. Francis Morgan to be two up. I've only taken one damage though. I'm just gonna take this on the chin. It'll weaken steadfast. I was just thinking, if I draw a tablet now, I'll be so peeved having defied literally the last test I took and I've drawn tablet. I could take a clue off the brood that's currently engaged with me and that would be a zero and I take no damage. Or I could leave the clue on and this would be a minus four and I take three damage. If I take the clue off, I'm five on five fighting because of my willpower. And I could commit Steadfast. I've taken six of 14. So it would be a plus two from Steadfast. Plus three with Francis Morgan. Let's do it. Clue removed. That's a zero. I pass Ruin and Destruction. First action, I try to use the esoteric formula to kill this brood. I commit Steadfast. I've got six health and two sanity left, which is eight. So this is a plus two, seven on five. And I commit Francis Morgan, eight on five. Tablet again, damn, minus four. Okay. <laughs> five on five shriveling this time. No retaliate, so that's all right. I'll commit the Twilight Blade to make me two up. Cultist, reveal another token. Zero! <sighs> and the charging beast balls to the ground. I have a single action left. I'm about to be hit by the lupine thrall if I stay here. If I move to 10 acre meadow, the same. 
My hand is Alyssa, a shriveling and a flashlight, and I have two clues. When this agenda advances, I think we spawn the last brood on me, and I somehow want to get it to Devil's Hopyard and to Ten Acre Meadow, and I would quite like some more icons. I've seen one steadfast and one take the initiative, so there's potential for more. I don't really know what to do about this lupine thrall. <laughs> I'm sort of staying one ahead of it, but not really very efficiently. What about if I were to move down to the loop? No, because then I'd take a hit. If I stay here, I take a hit. I'll move up to the blasted heath. Last action. Enemy phase, the thrall hunts the Dunwich village. Upkeep, I draw a 45 automatic. I go up to seven resources. And we hit six doom. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. If there is a set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth, the lead investigator reads the following out loud. Bleak storm clouds churn overhead, and a blanket of rain pelts the countryside. As the downpour grows in intensity, you take refuge in a half-ruined shack nearby. There's a flash of lightning, and in the brief illumination you spot the outline of something large in the rain. Without warning, the distant trees bend, though nothing seems to be bending them. Moments later, a force with the strength of a truck crashes into your refuge. Spawn one of the set-aside Brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemies at the lead investigator's location, if able. Then each investigator at that location tests Agility 4. The newly spawned Brood of Yogg-Sothoth makes an attack against each investigator who fails this skill test. The Brood we've sworn spawned is the Swelling Devourer. Six fight, two health and two evade. It's massive, and it gets plus two health and cannot be damaged or attacked except using the ability on esoteric formula. It attacks for one damage and two horror. So if I fail this agility four test, I get hit by it, and I am defeated. I'm currently a three on four. In my hand, I could commit this automatic to be a four on four. I have Alyssa, Flashlight, and Shriveling left. That's it. Four on four. Tablet. <laughs> no clues to remove, so that's a minus four. And I'm defeated and take mental trauma from the swelling devourer. Damn you, devourer! Okay, that's... I feel fine about that, to be honest with you. I'd got two and I was burnt out. What were the next few cards in my deck? Cash, I've had worse. Henry Armitage was coming up. Premonition, scene of the crime. It was a while before more icons. Phew-y. Well, I took no damage all game, which was great. But a lot of horror. Well, two of it from Terrible Secret and not having the Ward of Protect, the, the Deny Existence ready. That sometimes happens. I now have five XP, so I can invest in one of the better better deny existences. Yeah, two scenarios in a row with no resolution, with defeat of one way or another. And, you know, it's always the challenge in solo, isn't it? To be able to resist all the things that get thrown at you. I, I sort of feel like that's all right. We definitely have a crunch point coming up with needing Alyssa to get new locations in Where Doom Awaits and having a, an abomination staring us down from the start of the scenario. And the other thing, of course, is that this Swelling Devourer, even if we got clues on it, you know, it's four tests that we need to pass to kill it. So that was going to be really painful. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We have a competition running at the moment. It's running until the end of September. The rules of the competition are make an investigator deck, but only use player cards from the core set, from the Path to Carcosa cycle, and from the Circle Undone cycle. Send it in to us at drawntotheflamepodcast at gmail.com. Explain your choices if you want to. And we're really looking forward to seeing those and shaking up how deck building works with limited cards. As ever, hope you enjoyed this episode. You can let us know at drawntotheflamepodcast at gmail.com what you think about it. If there's things you think I can do to improve it, always interested to try and improve if I can. And yeah, I'm feeling all right about that. It feels like my luck more or less held, but... You win some, you lose some, and sometimes an unlucky hit means you get annihilated. So yeah, thanks very much for listening. See you soon. Bye. actions left and flip this card uh, this card being the card under house or um, this card being the house under house in the reeds 